0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All
1: right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the
2: 23 Personnel Podcast.
1: Your host Spencer, joined by Michael.
2: Hello, everybody. It's good to be back together again. This is first time I've seen you since before Christmas, I believe. It's been a month. It's been a while. The beard's grown in nicely. You, yeah, it's it's been nearly two months
1: since I stopped shaving. Since
2: yeah, can cannot tell. <laughs> it's, it's back. It's right back to pretty much where it was before you went to, with the stash.
1: Yep. So I'm I'm feeling a whole lot better. My voice still comes and goes. Strange. I don't I don't feel sick. I haven't had like sinus pressure or weirdness coming out of my nose or face. But like tonight, I I don't think I had anything to do with the game because I wasn't like super vocal at home or at your place, obviously.
2: But the voice is still recovering. It's been three weeks. I was about to say it's been at least three weeks. Three weeks. You've been battling this bug.
1: Yep. All right, on the docket for tonight, we will give you some instant reaction from the Texas Tech loss in Fort Worth. 64-55. 65-54.
2: Almost had it. Uh, I was about to type it in
1: there. (laughs) Recap from this weekend's game against Iowa State, where you won comfortably by 20. Upcoming schedule, including a preview of the game this weekend against the Kentucky Wildcats move on to some football talk about our boy our man patrick mahomes get to your questions and instant reactions we'll probably do the instant reactions when we do the instant reaction segment of the podcast and wrap up with what we learned before we jump into basketball though michael i i created an instagram account i saw that i'm trying to be hip I'm how's, how's it going up up with the times i've got um two images I, I did the one today for the game i've got one ready for tomorrow when i Man. post the or i post the podcast um keith slyly replied and said everything in this world is a copy of a copy of a copy and, <laughs> and anyway i copied him um let's be honest he hasn't been like super active on instagram um Really, the inspiration came from the Ramblin' Raiders podcast. They, they've they been super active and successful, I think, with the promotion of their show.
2: I think since day one, they've been pretty active on for it. For
1: sure. And it's something that, although we are an audio medium, everybody's on, on, on the Instagram, on the gram. Another place for us to spread to peddle our junk. Sure,
2: yeah. Which, Not our junk, but you know what I mean. Well, you've got... Do you have a little bit of news on that, by the way? Um, possible... T shirts coming up and stuff like that. No. That you'd like to share? Nothing mm-hmm. you'd like to share? Okay. I don't have anything to share. I know behind the scenes <laughs> Spencer's been working out some he's he's been working out some deals and some designs. Uh, us, using Brian's logo to kinda throw some possible shirts and stuff together, some some merch. And uh I know that we've talked about that a little bit. Oh, you need to tell it where Where can you find us on the gram?
1: Right. Instagram. You open up that wonderful, wonderful app, and then just search 23 personnel, two, three personnel, P-E-R-S-O-N-N-E-L podcast. Nice. You'll find the logo with the white background. Depending on when you search, there'll probably be three images on the account by then. Who knows?
2: We need to have someone do caricatures of our faces. That
1: would be fantastic.
2: And that could just be... That could be an alternate logo. All right,
1: so I I don't know if you hear my, my phone vibrating. It was my my brother texting in said dub
2: TF happened. <laughs> dub dub well, TF? No, Never he heard wrote that. WTF. Oh, okay. I like um, WTF. I yeah. think I'm gonna use that. t f
1: If Instagram's not your game, you can continue to find us on Twitter at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at Suck. And Michael, at Michael underscore LBK. Michael. Yes. Let's talk about some basketball. Okay. Here
0: comes Stevenson. Spins Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of before get a crowd stripped by Owens. Freddy on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Culver. Mooney with a crossover and the line to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready double into two. Go to puts it down. Already. Reddy. Odiasi. Throw it in. Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good.
2: Over, got the separation. Oh, oh, a big
1: oh, shot. Oh, Stop oh, it up big time. Dagger. over with the oh,
0: dish. Odeasse! Oh. And one he can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hit it up from Lovett, Texas.
2: Not too many of those type of highlights tonight. Yeah, a little I'm bit old. of a little bit of a downer <laughs> after listening to that. And you you, me,
1: I—you go into the at halftime feeling pretty good. You have a very similar situation um, that you saw this weekend against Iowa State. You take a two-possession lead at the half, thinking halftime adjustments are usually where Chris Beard makes his money, comes out and just plows a team, right? Sure. Um, TCU opens the the second half on like a five-zero run, and at one point goes from being down by six to being up by 15.
2: Well, and I think that that run even extended to like 13 to two or it, it just, it just got out of hand really fast. And they built a little momentum before halftime. Uh, You know, not anything that I was worried about at the time. I'm going to see if I can try to pull that up, but let's see just before half. I mean, tech was up 23 to 15 at one point. Mm -hmm. They were up 31 to uh, twenty-five, and I think TCU, TCU scored late, uh, with ten seconds left. So, okay, that was my momentum. I, I completely kind of messed up, missed that. But I think they were down thirty-one. Let's see. Yeah, let's see where were they? I don't know where that came from. Oh, they were they were Tech was leading thirty-one twenty-two. I think at some point. Anyway. It wasn't enough for me to worry about because like you, I'm used to the halftime adjustments, whatever happens in the locker room. And Adams probably figures out a few things, too. And they kind of try to shut people down. Not at all what happened. The complete opposite of what we're used to seeing. You know, usually tech comes out on fire in the second half or.
0: okay, it's time to commit.
1: I could stay here forever.
2: Carvana,
0: where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit carvana.com today.
2: At least showing some more life and they just could not they couldn't stop Bane. Uh, they couldn't get a rebound. They they couldn't get to the basket. I think they shot the last I checked they had shot 6 free throws for the night but I think they ended they up shooting with, eight
1: they were six of eight they only got to the line eight times which means they weren't they oh. weren't being aggressive they weren't driving
2: well I mean if and if you want to I mean they they got to the line less than that really they, they, if they shot eight they may have only got to the line four so it's it's crazy that they've got to be more aggressive getting to the basket trying to draw some fouls I, I remember one possession that was particularly frustrating. They were trying to do just that, and I can't remember who it was, but two different players drove to the basket, were completely stopped and mauled, pitched it back out. The second player goes in, same thing happened, shot clock violation. Like, they tried to do it, and even when they tried to do it, it didn't work. So maybe it wasn't a good idea to do that either. I, TCU just was very athletic, uh huge, in the lane, I mean, the, there was no, there was no getting around him. There was no getting through him.
1: No, um, and when you decided to, to fall back and try threes, you weren't very effective with that. You were four of seventeen from three, so twenty three percent. You shot well from the floor. Otherwise, you you, you know forty three percent, but you weren't hitting your threes, and you were settling for. You know, a lot of non-aggressive two points.
2: Sure, and a Sorry. lot.
1: Of- I don't know why why that that phrase blank. Because if you only shoot eight free throws, means you went to the line four times, right? Yeah,
2: or you know, maybe. I mean, there's some one and ones mixed in there, maybe, or a, but, or an and one, but yeah, maybe four times.
1: Um, and and it's not that. I mean, yes, the refs were terrible. If you were listening to the the. The radio broadcast. Um, there were several times where where Jeff Haxon was like getting onto the refs with beard. It sounded like there was <laughs> in, in the second half uh, happened while I was driving over. They were trying to inbound the ball on a after a timeout. I think it was, and that's significant because the player that's inbound on the ball can't move. Um, right, but he took several steps, and and, and Jeff Haxon's like that's a travel. It's a non. It's an inbound after a non-made basket. He can't move his feet. Oh, now you call a travel. You let him take five shots, and that was five steps, and that was too many. He's like, that was that was a travel five steps ago. There were lots of plays that, a lot of times, the whistle was blown for travel that you didn't think was a travel, and there were times when that same travel could have been called but wasn't. Um, It was just really strange. I I had a lot of grief with the the referees how the game was called. That's nothing new, if you're familiar
2: with me, but um. no, it's not. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, on the flip side of that, TCU got – they shot 21 free throws. And I'm not saying that – I'm not saying that the disparity had anything to do with the refs per se. It's – we watched the game. Tech was just not aggressive. They did not go to the basket as much. TCU did, and they were getting hammered or they were, you know, at the very least getting – 50-50 50-50 calls their way mm-hmm. if, if, if something didn't look like a foul. Tech had no answer for Bain. 27 points. I think he had 17 in the first half. Probably. It may have been more than that. I, they just were unable. I mean, six or eight from three-point land, 10 of 15 altogether. He only shot two free throws, so it's not like he was fouled a lot. He just was unstoppable. They, they couldn't come up with a reason, and somehow Samuel uh, you know was three for seven on free throws tonight, which is a, a your personal 30, best.
1: thirty percent shooter goes nearly fifty percent. Um, I guess one more thing to, to wrap up the the foul thing it's not you committed eighteen fouls, TCU committed thirteen right so when when you were fouling TCU they were taking shots because they were in the act of shooting when you fouled them. Sure. Um, I mean, you committed five more fouls and they shot 13 more free throws. You, you just weren't, you weren't getting fouled shooting because you weren't driving a whole lot or when you were, TCU was doing their best. No middle defense impression. Yeah. They, they, they closed on you uh, in the lane and it looked like it kind of startled a lot of the shooters because they would like stop on their tracks and like flip around and try to find someone to throw it to. And they weren't successful in finding open other people driving or open shots outside. Um, you did get one open, like a really open look from Davide Mbrenny and, and he airballed it. Ooh. Like he had time to collect his breath, make sure his feet were lined up, tied his shoes. Check his watch. Checked his watch, fixed his hair. Throws up the shot, hits nothing, and goes out of bounds. Um, it just wasn't your, 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 wasn't your night shooting. Ramsey was one of six from three. Edwards, one of four. Mredi, two of five. Shannon, 0 oh for one. Benson, 0 oh for one. Those are your, That's your outside shooting. Um, you only had two people take free throws. Jemias Ramsey shot two. Terrence Shannon shot six. We've got a, already kind of touched
2: on that. Well, and Shannon, he's, he's a guy we've established before who is aggressive and who will come in shannon and nadolny are both guys that for (laughs) sometimes you don't necessarily want them to but they will bury their head and go to the basket and try to get get some fouls make some contact Uh, nadolny wasn't really in the game long enough to have an effect in that manner but shannon did i mean shannon was the first player in double digits tonight he had he finished with 10 points (laughs) And then, uh, so he was the
1: first one to ten, and then yeah, didn't and, score again.
2: And then later on, Holyfield and and Ramsey finished in double digits. But Shannon coming off the bench, and a lot of it was because of the free throws. You know, four of his ten points were from free throws, and mm-hmm. no other player kind of saw that template and thought, well, this is a way that maybe we can efficiently score against these guys because they were shutting you down, and they were uh, very effective defensively. And, and they, they forced tech to, like you, like you said, the the exact same situation, a guy would go into the lane, get mauled and forced to kick it back out. And usually there's three seconds left on the shot clock or something like that by that time. So someone just has to throw something up. It feels like you've had a lot
1: of shot clock violations this year
2: or very near, very, uh, near misses.
1: Yeah. Or yeah, real late in the shot clock throwing something up. Um, I, it, it's one of those games where, where, you know, you go on the road it, and you lose in the big 12. It's not the end of the world. Like this thing happens, especially in the big 12. Every team is is really, pretty good. TCU started the season really, really hot. Uh, I think it was more of a product of their schedule to start. Yeah. But when they have a shooting night, like tonight, when they get a guy like Bain that goes off, um, and Samuel hits free throws, you know, any, you know, more than just one. Um, any team is going to be difficult to beat. Um, going on the road is difficult and facing a team that is, is playing as well as TCU did tonight. Um, you get a chance to regroup. You come home uh, this weekend to face Kentucky, which we'll get to that in a second. Let, uh, let's go back. Sure. And talk about Iowa state, which is good news. Complete opposite. I mean, you played Iowa state like TCU played you, right? You, you had a, you had a lead in both of these games at halftime, um, but your second half against Iowa State was a lot like TCU' second half against you. You went on extended runs, and in the Iowa State game, at one point, let's just go ahead and get to it. Um, you went on a twenty-five to six run in a, about a six and a half minute span in the second half, where you took the lead from. Forty-three to thirty-six. So it's a seven-point game with eleven minutes to go. Like that—that's that's a game that's still in question. Mm-hmm. Six and a half minutes later, you're up by twenty-six points.
2: And during that run, within that run, this is—that's what's so crazy about this. There was a fourteen and zero run in three minutes. Yeah, within, like, within with about seven minutes left during a three-minute span, Tech put up a fourteen and zero run, and I, I think Edwards was a huge part of that. He was.
1: There, there was a video that the Texas Tech basketball uh, Twitter account shared that said that was quite the the, the sequence or whatever. That sequence was Terrence Shannon uh, had a layup. Well, no, the, the video starts a little bit after this. Terrence Shannon hits a layup. Then he, he gets fouled and, and, and shoots two free throws. Then the video starts here. Moretti has a fast break layup. Ramsey has a fast break layup. Moretti hits a three-pointer. And then Edwards hits a fast break three-pointer. There's your 14 points. And that happened in three minutes of game time. Gosh. <laughs> and like you yeah. I, I, I pointed out, that was in the middle of that 25 to six run. This is where you shut it down. You, 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 you were a plus 19 over Iowa State in six minutes, which is what TC did to you. They, they, like, they were plus 21 at one point where they go from down six to up 15. Mm-hmm. That they had that similar kind of 20-point swing. Um, and as the away team... Like, that that's hard to endure. Like, you, w- when TCU ended their run, the, the broadcast mentioned it several times, TCU didn't score a field goal for, like, seven minutes, the last seven minutes of the, of the game.
2: Yeah, it was over seven and a half.
1: Um, that kind of stretch where you're not hitting free throws, not free throws, field goals, should be, like, nail in the coffin. But they were up so big, and they were able to hold on to their lead by shooting a bunch of free throws... Yeah, um, that that scoring drought didn't hurt. It, it buried Iowa, Iowa State this weekend. It should have buried TCU this week, uh, tonight. But going back, um, Kyler Edwards, he yes. had himself a, a week, really. Uh, he went, scored 22 points um, in the first game. What was that game? No, sorry, 24 points the first game of that week against Kansas State. Yes. And then this weekend, this past weekend, scored 22 points. Um so he averaged 23 points over the last week. 23 points per game was named Big 12 player of the week. Um you you, you did some research. You you saw that he was all, he's scoring just under 11 points per game leading up until Big 12 play started. Right. Since then, averaging nearly 15 points a game.
2: Yeah, his his production has jumped up considerably. Uh, and that's it's mainly padded due to the KSU Iowa state games. I was kind of, I was putting this together kind of hoping and thinking that maybe Kyler Edwards is kind of becoming the guy, Uh, just the the output that he was able to put up in those two games. I think he had 20 against CSU. uh, Was it CSU Bakersfield? Yeah. So that, you know, that was the last non-con game. So he really went off in that one as well. But, you know, I, I talked about it with Dan in our Slack chat today and, you know, he brought up a good point that I'm I'm trying to wish we need a guy. Yeah, we <laughs> definitely need. Tech needs of that guy. You know, we, we got used to seeing Keenan Evans and Jarrett Culver kind of take over games the last couple of years, and I was hoping that Edwards would would become that. And I thought maybe we're seeing it, and I, maybe I jinxed him because tonight he ended with, you know, he had nine points. Uh, he kind of disappeared a little bit late. There there, he made one shot and really got in a guy's face over it towards the end of the game and down by yeah, eight he, or 10. And it's a come on moment
1: where like he scored and like flex on him. And then it was like chirping. And I was like, dude, you got a technical foul for do, doing less than that.
2: Yeah. And, and let's, you're let's supposed stop. to be doing full court press right now as well. Let's, let's try to get this trap, this guy, let's yeah. not flex on him. And he was four for 10 for tonight, which is, you know, shooting 40% is good. Only one to four from, from three for uh, nine points, but no free throws. Um, You know, Four turnovers, just kind of, kind of busted my th- <laughs> hopeful theory before it even got the chance to get off the ground. But that doesn't diminish what he did. Again, um, you know, in the two previous games, yeah. just on fire from three, and uh, against Iowa State,
1: twenty-two points, six of nine from the field, five of six from three, yeah, five of six from the free throw line. Yeah, he was super efficient. Uh, Moretti quietly had 17 points against Iowa state.
2: Great night for him.
1: Also shot six of nine from the four, from the floor. Um, four of six from three hit both of his free throws. Shannon had a, had a, a spark in, in his first game back. He, he had missed a couple of games with that, that back spasm or strain or whatever it was that he had that caused him to miss Played 24 minutes off the bench. Had 11 points, was four of four from the floor, three of three from from the free throw stripe, four rebounds and a steal. That steal led to a run out and monster dunk in the first half where yeah. he didn't poster or somebody because like, the guy was trailing him a little bit, but like went up, had the arm cocked all the way back and then threw it down. Um, when, when Shannon's healthy... Like he provides a spark and some energy that you don't get from basically anyone else. You you'll get scoring from Kyler Edwards or from Moretti, um, which can kind of help. But Shannon does it in a very flashy way when
2: when he's on. Yeah, you've got to be paying atten- paying attention if you're guarding him for sure. Um, Texas
1: Tech has a team shot greater than fifty four percent from the field that night, uh, nearly forty three percent from three, and almost ninety percent. From the free throw stripe, the the thing that that surprised me uh, when I was looking back is, Shannon is shooting almost as well from the free throw stripe as Moretti is. But Moretti gets all the attention, I think, because of of how well he was last year, how well he was shooting last year. I think before tonight, Shannon was was getting up there, um, like eighty six, eighty seven percent from the line, um, and I think Moretti's averaging around 90%. So the two aren't that far off. Um, when Sh- Shannon gets the, gets the line, he's, he's making a lot of his shots. Um, On yeah. the flip side, Iowa state only shot 35% from the field, 13% from three and only 81% from the free throw line. Um,
2: Yeah. Here at tech, Shannon is an 85% free throw shooter.
1: Which is really good. I, yes. mean, I I think you want guys to be in that seventy five to eighty percent, like they hit three of four or four of five. Um anything better than that, you're 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 just really pleased with it.
2: And that doesn't include tonight's four of six, so that
1: Yeah. No.
2: It it'd drop it just a hair maybe.
1: We, which is kinda sad. He like he went four of six and
2: Yeah, it's still pretty darn good. <laughs> um,
1: it drops his percentage. Well,
2: and even tonight, you know, you talk about a spark, he had I don't know how many minutes he played tonight because the stuff, you know, the, the logs haven't refreshed enough. But I'm willing to bet he played about the same as he did against Iowa State. Maybe 10 minutes, maybe 11. Kind of around that same range. Had 10 well, points. He had 24 minutes against Iowa State. Oh, okay. The, the 11 was something else, wasn't it? 11 points. 11 points. Yeah, my bad. I I don't think he played. I'd be surprised if he played as, as much tonight as he did against Iowa State, but I just don't know the answer to that.
1: Yeah, the, the, there were a couple of times when when he came off the floor, looked like he was he was limping a little bit. There was that um that block, that blocking call he got, he picked up in the f- first half, I believe. I, I can't remember because it's, it's kind of blurring. And I've watched the game in two different locations tonight. So I was like, where, where was I when that happened? Um, where he, he kind of set up under somebody who was catching the ball and turning mm. uh, and then kind of ran into him. Since that play, he was kind of hobbled a little bit. Um, But yeah, he he was really efficient, and his first game back, you hope that whatever uh, tweak that he had tonight isn't serious. Um, In the Iowa State game, I I don't really follow points per possession all that much, but Texas Tech averaged more than one. It was 1.143 points per possession, which is
2: super efficient.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's more than a a field goal on every other possession. Yeah. Whereas Iowa State was like .8 or something. They were hitting like a two every three possessions.
2: Which is, I think last year, that was kind of where Tech's defense was, uh, you know, about .8 points per possession, .83, something around there. So it was... They really played well defensively against Iowa State, and
1: you kind of had to because in the first half you you had thirteen turnovers. You, you finished the game with sixteen, so you you greatly clean that up, and it helps when you go on on long runs and you're able to to avoid those kind of mental mistakes. But um, Iowa State had nineteen first half points off of your thirteen turnovers. You you, you went on a like a scoring run early in the game you got up um, and then you started turning the ball over a whole lot and you let Iowa State come back into it and kind of hang around because you kept turning the ball over and there were a lot of unforced mental errors that these turnovers were it wasn't that um, Iowa State was stealing the ball from you or anything it felt like a majority of those were unforced you did that to yourself you cleaned that up in the second half you did a lot better tonight I think you had 11 turnovers tonight
2: yeah, I can I can check I, that for you. Yeah, it was 15. It was 15.
1: 15. But it, it didn't feel like it was as bad. To I think they were pretty well spread out. Um, whereas in Iowa State, you picked up 13 in the first half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it didn't feel like every other possession or something. There was a turnover. For
1: sure. All right. This weekend, you're hosting the Kentucky Wildcats. Big game. Biggest non-conference game that the broadcast had tonight. Biggest non-conference game since... Bob Knight brought in Indiana in '99.
2: I guess. I guess and so. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least
1: because most of your non-conference games are, are, are cupcakes, and except for these SEC Big Twelve challenges.
2: Well, are you talking? Well, I mean, Louisville and Duke, but last were, two years,
1: but those were not at home.
2: Okay. Okay. I see. So home, home not game. non-conference games. Yeah, I um, would. I would agree with that. That's got to be and it up puts there.
1: Texas Tech's fifty-four game non-conference home win streak on the line
2: directly on the line
1: um obviously when you're when you're hosting a top 20 team in kentucky that this 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 matchup is something to be excited about and look forward to if that streak breaks i mean it's not again not the end of the world because you're you're playing quality competition uh have that streak been broken against like um csu bakersfield you be <laughs> a little more upset about it um so Going into this game, uh, I want want you all to be on the lookout for a post on Staking the Plains that should be going up later this week, probably Friday. Our man Dan is interviewing Nick from the Kentucky Sports Radio Network. and That should be going up Friday. Uh, Previewing the game. Obviously, we'll have all of our our normal uh, game day preview stuff up up on the site. But Dan's going to have a special piece where he interviews Nick. Definitely looking forward to that. Kentucky, though, let's get into a little bit of their team stats. Sure. They score 75 points per game. Uh, they're really good from the floor getting to the basket. They shoot 46% from the floor, but only 32% from three. They don't shoot a lot of threes, and they don't make a lot of threes. Um, they average 39 rebounds a game, which means that they, they get inside and they have size, and they will force you out. Uh, 15 assists, 5 steals, 13 turnovers.
2: Take care of the ball too. They do. Um So they're just really good in a lot of in a lot of ways, except shooting threes apparently except they're shooting kind of threes below average on that.
1: But they have four players that average double digit scoring between 13.1 and 13.7 points. Oh gosh. So they have four guys that will score about the same amount of points so you can't focus on one of
2: them. Yeah. Any um, of them can go off for 20. Yeah. In got, 89.
1: They are guard Tyrese Maxey, guard Emmanuel Quickly, forward Nick Richards, and guard Ashton Hagens. Um, some players I I, I think you, you guys should be looking out for. Obviously, the guard Maxey, uh, very nearly fourteen points per game, forty four percent from the from the floor, eighty percent from the line. Um, he's just efficient whenever he has the ball, and he's, he's going to score. The forward Nick Richards, thirteen point four points per game. Nearly eight rebounds, uh, shoots more than sixty-eight percent from the f- from the field. Good for number five in the country God, in shooting efficiency. Those so have,
2: those have got to be all. Uh, I would imagine those are pretty close to the basket, right?
1: Yeah, because a guy. But that
2: doesn't matter. Shooting sixty-something percent is averaging. This this is January, and <laughs> someone's. It's not like they played three games in October and they're averaging sixty-eight percent. That's insane.
1: Now the thing is, he's six eleven, two fifty. So yeah, he, he's going to be under the
2: basket. Oh man, he's going to be like that Samuel kid that just ate our lunch tonight. Yeah, he
1: also gets a little more than two blocks a game. And then that other guard, Ashton Hagen's, uh, leads the team in assists uh, with more than seven. So he's he's probably going to be your point guard. I haven't watched a minute of Kentucky basketball, but he's your distributor eight or sorry seven. Assists per game. The next closest player has under three. So it looks like the offense starts with Hagen's. He finds the open guys, usually dumping it down low to to Richards. It looks like who shoots nearly seventy percent. Gosh. Um, now, having said all that, though, before tonight, I don't know how this, how tonight's game impacts. Us. Kentucky was also playing tonight. They played Georgia. Texas Tech is a heavy favorite. Uh, And ESPN's BPI model, it's a 72% to 28% favor for Tech over Kentucky.
2: Now, that will change, I'm sure. uh, UK did win. They beat Georgia 89-79 to tonight. I bet that, do you think that would change? Georgia's not very good. Right. But do you think that would change any after? If anything, these metrics that we've seen, and Kyle does a great job of reporting on these on Staking the Plains.
1: And there was a post- on Tuesday, about that today, about all of them: Sagarin, so, so Haslam, yeah, Um, BPI.
2: It seems like one game really doesn't affect things that much.
1: But he he did mention that the two games that Texas Tech just had against Iowa State and Kansas State did have a pretty significant impact, and there there's some changes. Um, metrics though, one of the other big ones that everybody likes to point to, has this as a seven point win for Tech over Kentucky. The home court advantage for Tech is going to be, be play a big role in this. Chris Beard mentioned that after the win against Iowa State, how, how big the crowd was in that game. Um, I've got tickets for this game. I'm, I'm super excited. Samantha's family are all big UK fans. Her dad went to Kentucky. Um, her grandparents on her mom's side live. Um, gosh, where do they live? I'm, I, I should know this. But they live in Kentucky. They're big. Kentucky basketball fans
2: um, is it Lexington that's where UK is they live in Lexington there you go
1: that's why that's why I should know because they live in the town they play um, so it, it, it'll be a lot of fun interesting that Samantha's been a, a, a side UK basketball fan for basically all of her life mm-hmm. um, and now she gets to watch her two teams play so I mean she'll win and she'll lose no matter what what the outcome is sure but we'll be going to that game. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, you should. I, be. I, I have. I mean, the, the biggest teams we've seen in 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 town, obviously, we're we're Big Twelve teams, and you host Kansas. They're always ranked pretty highly. Um, you just kind of get used to playing. Oh, it's number one Kansas, number five Kansas, whatever. Yeah. You don't get like Kentucky, Louisville, right. Duke, or whatever that level of team coming into Lubbock. So it's, it's it's a game that we're really excited to go to this weekend.
2: Man, I, I'm pumped for y'all. I, it didn't work out for us to be able to go. We're going to we're going to be out of town. This is probably more in the what we learned section, but I'll I'll be brief. We're going to go see Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit in at the Windstar Casino on Friday night.
1: I was gonna say none of those words made sense to me.
2: <laughs> well, someone listening will know will know who Jason Isbell is, and he's he's fantastic and. And I'm really looking forward to to seeing him. So we would be getting in probably, you know, late that afternoon. It was just going to be too close to try to get tickets for that. Having just been on a trip and to pick up our child from my mom's house.
1: (laughs) That and they're super expensive tickets. That too. So my boss, my boss has season tickets and she said that she saw tickets in her section going for $1,200 a piece. Gross. And she's like, you know, I'm I'm not as big of a tech basketball fan as as I would probably turn those over for twelve hundred dollars a piece. My gosh! Um, no, I certainly did not pay twelve hundred dollars. Um, I'm getting our tickets through my my work. I didn't pay
2: for these tickets. You paid eleven hundred. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We
1: we have season tickets which we purchased through our sponsorship of Tech Athletics, and we were also gifted a set of tickets for a big ad advertising purchase we did at the end of the year with one of the local media companies. But we spent a lot more money than the value of these tickets to get them. Sure. Sure. They just, that money went to something else. We just got
2: kicked back. Pat on the back. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks Um, for being a sponsor.
1: Yeah, And then the next game, next big 12 game will be after we record next week. We play Wednesday night hosting West Virginia. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Your third and final game on ESPN Plus, Big 12 Now. Next Wednesday, you can go ahead and cancel your ESPN Plus subscription unless you're
2: enjoying it. Access to other games. Um, that game I will actually be going to. My wife and I will be going to that West Virginia game. I' Looking forward to that one. I, I keep saying this. I'm, I may finally break down and use my, my, my media pass for one of these games. You need to do it at some point. To figure out. Um, to talk to somebody. Talk to and someone I, in the know. D- I remembered. D- get in someone's DMs and figure out which door to go in and what elevator to take and all I, that good stuff.
1: I remember because I saw somebody from a, a media company, media outlet, post a video from this past weekend's game from the up in the the upper deck in the corner, and I remembered that they have had a media desk up there, like in, in a corner section on the first row of the upper deck. It's like, oh yeah, I, I do remember seeing. Another table up there, excuse me, because there's not a lot of space for media down behind the um, the table, or wh- what do you want to call it, that runs the length of the the court between the two teams' benches. Oh yeah, those are probably all assigned like, like, like benches, like we saw in. We
2: had to brainstorm. I mean, this is bad.
1: <laughs> They're probably all assigned seats, like we saw in, in the the football press box. Sure, yeah. And they probably have overflow open the other sections like that's probably where I would end up sitting. It's like, that wouldn't be a bad spot. Um, and I don't, I, I, me using my media pass is not to get like the best seat for free, whatever. Like it would be to get into the game, watch it, be able to cover it, all that kind of stuff. We do have a couple of obligations from the work side. You know, a, a couple of games I'll have to go to um, because we do have a sponsorship and we, we give away tickets to these games that I'll have to go work at. Sure. So I'll need to figure out how to use my pass before then, but... Next Wednesday may be a good time to do it against West Virginia. Um, who strangely dropped a game against Kansas State? And it was it was it was like a big big loss. It was like a double yeah. digit, almost 20 points this past weekend.
2: It I'm was. Sure. I mean it was it was bizarre. They it's,
1: it's just one of those one of those, those games that you see like anybody can beat anybody in the Big Twelve. Yep. It's strange. All right. Um Michael, let's this is gonna feel weird playing tech highlights for football, but trust me, it it um it'll all make sense. It'll make sense, gosh, thank you.
0: They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught touchdown with time delivery. Hit off to Marcus Fields down the sideline! Touchdown! Harrell, back to throw going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson.
1: And oh he, my! He got
0: it! Touchdown! Oh! Red Robert Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders! Take a shot to the end zone. And it's a touchdown to
1: Reginald Davis! All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem
0: Grant! Touchdown, Texas Tech! Second down now. Deep strike, got the big man! Kirk three
2: holds three and touchdown Red Raiders with a second to go
1: let the scoring begin okay so I'm not sure why I felt the need to kind of tease our, our football talk when I, when I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we're going to be talking about our boy our man the legend Patrick Mahomes St. Pat St. Patty patty ice um but that that's how we're gonna connect talking about the afc championship game to texas tech but
2: it's the best we can do (laughs)
1: really um before we get there though guys you you know a game is 10 times more exciting when we're putting money on it sometimes we have a gut feeling about a matchup sometimes we just bet on the team because they're our team Regardless whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, MyBookie is your best bet this season. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. and Go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. It's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.
2: I was going to ask you this. We haven't we haven't talked about this, but the Chiefs are favored at minus one and a half against the Niners in the Super Bowl. It's not um, enough. Give me this. Th- so you're you're, ta- you're taking Casey. You're taking oh, our boy. Sure. Oh yeah, me too. I I had a coworker ask me today, and he knew that he shouldn't have asked me, but he was like, "Who do you have in the Super Bowl?" And he knows that I'm a huge tech fan and. He's kind like, uh... He's a huge Cowboys fan. He's, you know, he's kind of... He keeps up with Tech a little bit, but not really. And I, I was obviously... He already knew the answer, but he asked me anyway. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take Mahomes. I, I think... I mean the Chiefs. I think that no, I think they're going to do it.
1: I think you had it right the first time. You saw in <laughs> in the last two games... The, uh, the, the Oh my gosh. The divisional round. If I can speak tonight, Michael, that'd be really great. It's okay. Divisional round against the Texans championship game against the Titans Mahomes was was obviously the machine that had the Chiefs in those games um starting from the 24 point comeback uh to this
2: past weekend I think it was 10 points that they were down yeah they were down 10 nothing early
1: and me being a jokester and just playing around I was like hey Titans you remember that last time the Chiefs started scoring, they went on a fifty-one to seven run to finish the game. Well, guess what? They just scored their first touchdown. This was after, um, you know, Kansas City had pulled to ten to seven or whatever it was, um, and then I I believe Kansas City went on to to finish the game like thirty-five to seven.
2: Uh, yeah. Basically, well, let's see.
1: Thirty-five fourteen.
2: It was at one point Tennessee was up 17 to seven and then that was, then Tennessee only scored seven more. So yeah, the final score was 35,
1: 24. So yeah, they went on a 35, 14 run. Yeah. Um, Mahomes though. So here's one of the things I, there was that run that he had in, oh my at the, in the second quarter that put them up for good. Um, And Tucker, uh, from Talk 1340, he said, unpopular opinion, that run wasn't all that great. And and I I kind of agree with him. And let me me explain that. I think the situation and the scenario amplified the significance of that run, right? This was the Chiefs, in an AFC championship game, taking the lead right before halftime in a game where they get the ball back at the start of the second half too. Um, on a 27-yard run from the quarterback.
2: Well, yeah, and I wouldn't say it was just that, but it was, they were going to score on that drive no matter what. I think that's kind of what deflates it just slightly in some people's opinions. Yeah, and,
1: and my thought was had we seen that same kind of play in week two, we would have been mildly amused. We were like, Hey man, that, that was a good run. That's a great play. You know, we're, we're probably called homers cause you know, we're, we're Mahomes fans, but they were professionals, whether it was broadcasters or other players saying that play will be on the Mount Rushmore of Mahomes highlights for his career.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, which is like Rich it, Eisen even went so far to say it was something like one of the best plays ever in the NFL's history.
1: Here's the thing. I, I don't agree with that. Now the significance though, to get the chiefs to have that play, have them take the lead for good in a game where the chiefs will win the AFC championship game and go back to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 something years.
2: EJ Holland was on that team.
1: Like you can't discredit that. And it has a little bit more to do with, with just that one play. I mean, this wasn't a play where he did this at the, you know, the same time but in like the fourth quarter, right? Whatever.
2: There was eleven seconds left in the half. If this, if Casey would have been down three, and he would have done this with eleven seconds left in the fourth quarter, then okay, yeah, sure, that's a different conversation. I'm trying to take my Mahomes blinders off as much as I can because I'm with you. I, I was super impressed by it. It was what well, made- was fantastic. It was a great play. He made so many people miss. He wasn't particularly extremely fast he was just he's never smart.
1: been but like he's one of those things like he's elusive enough fast enough that it, I think it catches people off guard
2: well like friend of the show Rob bro tweeted <laughs> quote how fast is Pat Mahomes as fast as he needs to be
1: yeah because and that's it there's a similar run that that he had against Baylor several years ago obviously he's still playing for tech where it was like a 20 yard touchdown run and he ran between a bunch of Baylor defenders but he didn't look like he was moving that fast He's just deceptive. Well, he's such super a threat. Athletic.
2: He's such a threat with his arm. If if he's behind that line of scrimmage, these guys have no idea what he's about to do. He may be you, running backwards and right. still be able to complete a 45 yard pass.
1: Or you saw it two weekends ago against Kansas or not against Texans, the Texans Houston, where he was running to the line of scrimmage and barely got the pass off before he crossed over the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. where they like reviewed it and said, Oh, his big toenail was behind the line of scrimmage or whatever.
2: Um he's kinda got that sixth sense that Aaron Rodgers has. Just he just knows knows exactly where that line of scrimmage is. And he
1: he just like he has this the spatial reason to know where everybody is on the field, where he can make those no look throws on the run. Um but yeah, so he made two guys miss in the backfield, tight roped up the sideline, and then like had a spin inside the five. He 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 took absorbed a hit. From two guys. Fell forward, stretched the ball out and scored. Um I mean, it's a great play. Hi- highlight play, for sure. Super important, impactful. I just think that, like, play of the century or biggest play of his career, um, probably a little overblown because of the significance of the of the situation, of the scenario, of the circumstance, more so than the play itself. Um, that no-look pass, like, probably more impressive to me. Happened in the middle of the season. Yeah. And doesn't get talked about it as much. Now he he kind of referenced it in like in one of his commercials or whatever. Um Anyways, Mahomes AFC Championship game. The other thing a lot of people were talking. about. I think about it's besides,
2: the McGavick Nissan commercial. I th- so I think it was. so those of you who aren't in the Lubbock area, you may not you may not know that he references that before the no look pass, before the this before that.
1: McGavick Nissan treated me like, like like an MVP or whatever. Yeah I yeah, saying.
2: I think that's what it was.
1: Um the other group of hot takes that we saw on Twitter ah were that <laughs> w- w- why wasn't Mahomes like this in college? Why w- why couldn't why couldn't Texas Tech win more games? W- why was Cliff Kingsbury such a bad bad coach that he had Mahomes and the best he could do was 7 and 5? Yeah. W- with a loaded team that like, included DeAndre Washington and Eric Ward. Like, well, um did did you see the defense he was working with in college? Oh my god. Oh my like, God! Historically bad.
2: Yes, I, I I did some I did some digging up because oh please share there. Um, I'll try not to because it's so many numbers and so if if you guys want to check these out, I'm sure Spencer will have it in the post on stakingtheplains.com. dot com. But I went through seven defensive categories for the years of 2015 and 2016. Texas Tech only got in the top 100 twice. The rest of the time, they were 112th or worse in these seven categories. And I looked at total defense, first downs allowed, red zone defense, third down defense, passing yards allowed, rushing yards allowed, and scoring defense. And it's abysmal. It's completely terrible. And these were the two years that Mahomes started, obviously. The, the
1: the one that gets me. I, I, I'm gonna jump ahead. Really sure, quickly. go for it. The one that gets me is the disparity between scoring offense and scoring defense in 2016. So I, this was Mahomes last year.
2: This is what I, this is like. I, I wanted you guys. If y'all are listening and you have people who, for some reason, are hate or Mahomes haters because they're sick of all his accolades and they try to well he wasn't even really that good in college How or did that,
1: you? yeah or they say anything
2: in college this, this is, is the stat to go to okay go for so, it
1: so a homes led offense in his final year at texas tech second in the country and scoring 45.1 points per game
2: second only to baylor yeah baylor had more now i think that was the last bryles year
1: texas tech scoring defense Forty-three point six points per game, good for a hundred and twenty-fourth in the country. Second best scoring offense, hundred and twenty-fourth scoring defense. This is why he won five games as a sophomore. <laughs> yeah, and or junior, whatever it was, his classification was that year.
2: I mean, all of these are abysmal. I welcome y'all to go look at them and just have a have a puke bucket handy because it's terrible. Because it, I tried to try to come up with the a good analogy for it, but the best I could do was, you, you know, th- this defense in 15 and 16 was like uh, having Usain Bolt sign up, you know, line up for the 100 meter dash, but then he has to s- pull a speedboat. He has to tow a boat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and people still expect him to get a sub 10, 100. But the uh, the only other one I wanted to point out was, this felt crazy. I was, while it was happening, in 2016, it felt like, Every third down, we had a coin flip of a chance that Pat was going to convert it. didn't matter if it was third and three, third and 11, third and 17, whatever it was. Which he's done for Casey. <laughs> right. He just had, you he's know continued what? continued that. I think he's going to somehow, somehow he'll do this. We, we picked up a
1: third and 30 <laughs> with Pat Mahomes. I, I I want you guys to remember that. He threw a pass at J.D. and High <laughs> on a third and 30 and picked up the first down.
2: So this is the only other one I wanted to highlight. Third down defense. All right, let me do offense first. Third down offense in 2016 because of St. Pat, almost solely because of him being flushed be. out of the pocket, having <laughs> to find somebody open. Texas Tech was first in third down offense. In the country. In the country with .517. So over half the time it was third down Tech converted. 52% of the time. That's insane. On the reverse of that, Almost the exact same stat in the opposite direction, Texas Tech third down defense was 124th in the nation with .497 conversion rate. So if, if Pat played against Tex defense, theoretically, he would convert third downs 97% of the time. Uh, uh, that math checks out. <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. But anyway, that's just, I wanted you guys to have some ammo in case you come across some some Mahomes haters and they want to uh, diminish what he did in college based off of his wins and losses because what he did at tech was still phenomenal. And uh, it's a, it's a damn shame (laughs) that Gibbs couldn't put together a a defense that could, that could even crack the top 100. The
1: people saying that he didn't do anything in college, like he did his def- he just didn't have a defense to support it. Texas Tech fans are painfully aware of this. Yes, we know. We, we said things as desperate as we need literally one stop to win this game. And we meant it. <laughs> one stop and Patrick Mahomes will win this game.
2: Um, oh, I wanted to share one more because this is so bad. In 2015, Texas Tech was 118th in red zone defense at .912. So that meant if you cross the 20 yard line, you
1: were scoring 91% <laughs> nine out of 10
2: times you were going to score
1: 2016. They got marginally better. 86%. Yeah. 83rd. Good for 83rd. Yeah. That is the only statistical category that improved from 15 to 16. So <laughs> as Patrick Mahomes got better, our defense got worse.
2: It was, Oh my gosh. It, it just really hurts your, hurts your heart to look at this.
1: So you're, total defense got worse 2015 to 2016 you gave up more first downs in 2016 uh your red zone defense got better but to, to me you gave up well i mean you gave up more points per game in 2016 so teams were just scoring from outside the red zone <laughs> sure bigger um, plays third down defense got worse uh you gave up more passing yards you gave up a ton of rushing yards this stat like alone i, I brought it, i can't remember when it was You gave up nearly 300 rushing yards a game in 2016. 279.9 yards.
2: I'm willing to bet it was over 300 in conference play.
1: It's 126 in the country. 300 rushing yards a game. And then your scoring defense got worse. Barely. I mean, you dropped from 123 to 124, but you gave up two and a half more points per game. So as Mahomes got better, the defense that was supposed to support him and help him win games got worse.
2: Oh yeah, completely regressed.
1: All right, so all this came about when I was here, one, because we, we heard all, about all that that talk, um, but we, I also overheard, was listening to the radio, Monday morning show, uh, and Chuck Hines and, and uh, Jamie Lent got really, had a lengthy conversation. It spanned several segments about the Texas Tech Ring of Honor, and they were talking about criteria that they would want to see that they would be interested in hearing from the selection committee what they're looking at. And that included, do these players need to have been like first team All-Americans? Do they need to have some kind of accolade. Should it include their professional career or just their college career? Um, one thing that got me is that Chuck Hines was saying he thinks the Texas Tech Ring of Honor should be heavily weighted towards what they did in college now on the surface is like that makes sense it, to me. I, I because it does make sense on the surface. If, if you want to acknowledge a guy, you know, at Texas tech, you want to do it for what he did for Texas tech, not what he did for the Patriots or for the 49ers or whatever it is. However, doing that, I think Patrick Mahomes would miss out and yeah. it would be like, that would be the exception but a glaring oversight to not have Patrick Mahomes in your ring of honor, which I think he should be eventually. And that almost certainly has more to do with his professional career than his collegiate career. Don't get me wrong, he was great in college, but if you're talking about collegiate success, Patrick Mahomes is not like your banner.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, no. And, and that kind of goes against what we just said. We're, we're kind of trying to prove that, no, he was still great in college, but...
1: He was great. His he, def- The defense was was worse than than he was good.
2: Right, and the fact that he was great just got completely overshadowed by the the win-loss column. You know, he didn't win any... I mean, I'd have to go double-check, but I don't think he won any major awards. I don't even know if he was on very many watch lists, Johnny Unitas stuff. I I don't think he was anywhere around any of that stuff. And if they would have been able to put together more wins. Obviously he would have, but unfortunately I, I think I'm kind of with Hines, with Heinz on that. I mean, it it seems almost, and it's tough because I'm preaching to myself here. It's, it's, you kind of have to be careful because you don't want to piggyback on his success just because he went to school here and, and played here as a starter for two years. You have to be kind of careful with it. You don't want to just, oh well, man, he's 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 uh you know what Texas Tech is known for. It. Yeah, I mean, it it is great that he came here and that he played here and I love him like my own child. <laughs> but it's it's not that it, you've got to be careful with pinning everything on that. And and I kind of think the focus might be a little different if, if Tech can make a damn bowl game or win one, um, or be competitive in conference play, be competitive at home. The focus may not be quite as zoomed in and, and just zeroed in on Mahomes, but also it's hard not to because he's been that phenomenal on such a big stage. So I think it could come down to the fact that the collegiate performance really should mean a lot. And if you just look at it,
1: he was like a 500 quarterback at Tech. Sure. If that. I mean, he won five games in his, his last year if, against Stephen F. Austin, yeah. Louisiana Tech, Kansas, TCU, and
2: Baylor. Oh, and uh, yeah, I think that was when – I think Browse had been fired by that point too.
1: Yeah, because they beat him by 20 points.
2: Yeah. This, this was it, – it completely goes back on my argument, but it was just one of those – Where, where do you land? Where do you fall on it? Because I think you've got well, to, I, I think you really need to focus. If you're going to do the ring of honor, if if you're going to turn it into more of an ambassador thing, then, because that's basically what it is now is the, just the fact that he went to school at tech and he still goes to tech basketball games and he takes an interest in a and in, you know, on social media about tech sports and follows it as much as a busy NFL MVP quarterback <laughs> possibly can. That's good, but that makes him more of just kind of an ambassador to the school at this point. Uh and that would be a huge knock on someone like Crabtree, who I feel like I don't know if there was some sort of turn if if somebody butted heads or something, but Crabtree is almost he's he, he's shown up very few times and shown very little interest in Texas Tech since he left.
1: But he checks all those boxes of Exactly. Kinson's first first
2: team All American. Sure. Won the Belletnikoff Award twice, Heisman Trophy finalist. You know he's in the top five of the has career
1: numbers for Tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he would definitely qualify. Did did not have the professional career that you would have expected, but who cares? His success was in college. You'd think he he would be up there. Um, I I don't disagree with that. That if you did that, if you were including a player like Mahomes, it'd be more like of an ambassador program. And I'm okay with that for Mahomes as the exception. Because you just can't let that get away. Like, you need people to know generations from now. Pat Mahomes, as good as he was in, in, in the NFL, he went to Texas Tech. Sure. Yeah. And he was one of the best quarterbacks ever played here. He just didn't have the team success around him that would warrant a lot of the postseason awards and recognition, besides getting drafted in the first round, um, number 10 overall and then leading a team that hadn't been in the Super Bowl in 50 years to the Super Bowl in his second season.
2: Right, right. Or his
1: second season as a starter.
2: After losing the AFC Championship in his first season.
1: Yeah, to the eventual champion.
2: Yeah. Um, and to Hall of Famer, goat, whatever people want to say, Tom, Tom Brady. Yeah. that's And Bill Belichick. I mean, if, if you're going to lose to somebody, that's... Uh, an okay group of people yeah. to lose to a lot of people have lost to those two guys.
1: <laughs> so I, I, I would say, yes, it absolutely should be so, not solely, but majority focus on what they do in college and professionally. It needs to be more in the sense that like they don't embarrass the university, like what they do professionally should matter very little unless they like royally screw up and and are like Pete Rose level shame
2: Sure, sure. I'm
1: I'm crossing sports there. But I think the exception almost has to be Mahomes, that he did well in college, but his success after college and and what he's been doing for the university kind of makes up for the other boxes that aren't checked while he was a player at Tech.
2: Right, that were kind of out of his hand. I mean, he he threw for 4,600 yards, his... First year as a starter, 5,000s, 52 yards his second year. Uh, and the last player to do that would have been Harrell? Harrell. I think Harold was the last one to throw over 5,000.
1: He, he, he threw nearly 50 touchdowns that year?
2: He threw 41. 41. 41 yeah. in 2016 and 36 in 2015. I, I mean, he's he's had he had a great career. His completion percentage was 63.5% year one, 657 year two. Which –
1: includes him chunking a lot of balls downfield that he yeah. probably shouldn't have thrown.
2: Yeah. But oh, I, well, it
1: like you probably wouldn't have said here, th- make this throw,
2: right. But um, it's, it just, you just kind of have to be careful because as, as remarkable as a player, he was, it just, he was, he didn't have the accolades and I don't know, but I think what the, the, what the criteria has to be or should be.
1: I think you can defend that though because of the generational talent that Mahomes is. Yeah. Nobody else that you would let in that had a similar collegiate performance to Mahomes. Like they'd have to also be doing what he's doing professionally on and off the field.
2: I think I mean the closest so, you can the closest comparison you can make with that would be maybe uh I was going to say Welker, but Welker had some pretty good accolades as a player. Mm-hmm. Possibly Amendola, but Amendola didn't flash as much as Welker did. But um, and Welker that's really made- as close as you can get as kind of their pro career eclipsing what they did here at, at at Tech, but still recognizing that what they did at Tech was significant enough to know that they needed they you know they need to be put in the Ring of Honor. Yeah. So what do y'all think
1: (laughs) after all that, Michael, who do you think is next in the Texas tech ring of honor?
2: Well, I may have just said him. I mean, I think Welker's probably got to be up there. Uh,
1: I would say him or Crabtree would be next because in terms of my fandom with Zach Thomas being one of the last ones, more, most recent ones. Yes, that you've kind of caught up to like the current generation of players that you're, you're you know and aware of. Uh, you've you you got Dave Parks, EJ Holub, Donnie uh, Anderson, Gabe Donny Rivera. Anders, Gabriel Rivera, and then you've got all the way up to Zach Thomas who played in the eighties and nineties. Sorry, in the nineties, not the eighties. No. <laughs> um. And then at least for, for me, it's pretty easy to point back from. Zach Thomas to now is like, well, you've got a couple of quarterbacks maybe. You've got a handful of, of wide receivers and then Patrick Mahomes. Some offensive linemen. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think Welker probably for me gets the nod as, as the first one because he played a little earlier, um, set records, and then obviously had a, a good professional career. But I think the other thing that – won't be included in his stats or whatever, but basically legitimized the five, eight receiver. Yeah. That he said, you know, you can be successful that in college and professionally, um, where you've got guys like Danny Amendola, Eric Morris, Jakeem Grant, Jakeem Grant has like otherworldly speed, but kind of, you know, the other guys that, that may be smaller and not as fast as Jakeem Grant said, there's a place for that in college and in the NFL. I think a lot of that credit goes to how successful Welker was to kind of help people give those players the attention that they may have deserved.
2: Yeah. I I think Welker's got to be on there. And then, I mean, I I think if he hadn't been a head coach here for six years, we would be saying Cliff Kingsbury right now too. But that seems kind of maybe self-serving or maybe we just don't want to go there yet. Uh, you know, if, if Kingsbury makes it to the ring, it may be in 20 years or something like that. It, I don't it, know. It's
1: going to take a while to get the takes out of our mouths from what he did
2: as a head coach here. Sure. Sure. And,
1: and he, he may never make it because of what he was as a head coach.
2: Yeah. Or people, or he may kind of redeem himself and who knows if the Cardinals have a, if, if, if he ends up being a successful NFL coach, tech may really want to claim him again. Uh, but he wouldn't be like, what about Anthony Lynn? speaking of someone who's been successful who well, who played well at tech and was, was a good player at tech, but who's kind of transitioned to possibly overshadowing what he did at tech with his professional career and his uh, philanthropy and things he've done. At, I, I watched that really great short documentary about him building a, a school in Africa for kids. I mean,
1: admittedly he falls outside of my mom, my Texas tech fandom. I, I didn't, never watched him i'm not familiar with him as a player for tech um i really only heard about him when he became the head coach of the chargers a a couple of years ago like oh he by the way he played for texas tech yeah um could be he could be up there i'd have to look at guys that have been texas tech fans a lot longer than i have and say does lynn belong in that conversation um because besides wilker i think the next guy i would look towards would be car rager
2: Oh Crabtree! Sorry, I, I was gonna try to. Uh, you, I, I you, tried to read your mind. I you, didn't were so you were okay. so close. You um, were so close.
1: Just because of all the the recognition he got nationwide in his two years as a starter, the records he set, the yardage, the touchdowns, um, the Belichick awards.
2: He was completely unstoppable. You couldn't guard him
1: until he got injured. Yeah, and then and even then. He was still an above-average receiver, oh, playing yeah. on one and a half feet.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely above average.
1: You know, whether it was his broken bone or his ankle or whatever it was that was bothering him that day, because it was both or one or the other.
2: Um, I mean, I think we're still too soon, but um, Amaro would have to be up there. That's I I would consider him at some point. He was probably the best tight end or one of the best tight ends Texas Tech's ever had. And but you could
1: also say, like, that pool is much smaller. Well, sure. There just haven't
2: been a lot but of But he was ends. a dominant receiver, too. It was him and Grant. That was pretty much it. Torres here and there, who also played tight end, depending on which game.
1: Mark, well, Marquez was also pretty good. Eric Ward was pretty good.
2: Oh, yeah, Ward. What am I thinking? Yeah, Ward was fantastic.
1: Darren Moore was was a really good receiver for Seth Dagey, who doesn't get the attention credit he gets because – I think everybody points to Tommy T- Tuberville and is like, Oh my gosh, we sucked. We, no,
2: we, we we weren't as
1: bad as we, everybody thought no, we were. We, we, you may well, have
2: felt like it at the time, but
1: we, we definitely got worse. Let's put it that way. Yep. Um, so yeah, if, if you guys want to weigh in and tell us how you think should be next to be honored, be placed in the Texas tech ring of honor, I did hear, um, you know, um, in that conversation from, from Chuck Hines and Jamie Lind, um, that there, there are conversations about inducting a, a player into that ring here pretty soon, um, but didn't really go into details about who they thought that might be, besides the guys that we, we've already talked about. Um. So yeah, if, if you want to let us know who you think would be up there next, uh, send it in to us on on Twitter at Twenty Three Personnel. Uh, Michael, let's go go ahead and get into our questions. Maybe,
0: you know. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer?
2: Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box?
1: I'm Ron Burgundy?
0: Damn it, who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to... want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
1: So, first question in, this is more back to the basketball instant reaction. Are we even going to make the nit?
2: Oh, hey, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> let's let's settle that one down a little bit. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, tech's only three and three in the Big Twelve right now. A lot of games left to play. A lot of games left to play.
1: You are a third of the way through the, your conference schedule. Yeah. You played six. You've got
2: 12 more to go. January stretches under Beard have been a little bit bumpy here and there. And, I mean, Tech's about to hit a really bumpy stretch with UK and KU coming up.
1: UK does not go, like, you're, the game against UK can only help you. If you lose this game, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, I guess so. It won't hurt you as much as winning will help you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right,
1: Amy Nelson, seems like this team might have been focused on the wrong game. It's possible that that, that they're looking ahead to, to Kentucky or they were still feeling pretty good from the game this weekend and yeah. weren't as focused or, or prepared to go into a, a Big 12 road game. They thought that we we rolled to a win and we're, we're going to do it again and weren't as focused. Uh Peter Puente also says it's obvious his team was looking ahead to Saturday.
2: So, Seems to be a common theory. Um,
1: Steve O replied with just the poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. I hope. <laughs> Eric underscore on underscore wheels. Halftime adjustments are usually effective. Why not tonight?
2: That's what we were trying to figure out. It. I. You don't want to say that. Got out coached, but it, there's a chance sometimes that can happen. Because TCU sure did come out uh, guns a blazing in that they second did.
1: half. They start like we said earlier. They started that second half on a five-zero, quick five-zero run. Yeah, um, and I know that curse Beard has been on record in saying that you, you know you have to break the the halves into four-minute periods, and you the most each, important ones yep. are the four minutes going into halftime, the four minutes coming out of halftime. That eight-minute stretch you did not win tonight. Nope. Going in or coming out. Steve Brown. Where was Clark? He's been. He's been quiet. Like he'll have a, a night every now and then. We'll, we'll he'll fill up the stat sheet and nearly have like a triple double. He
2: um, shot once tonight.
1: Only takes one shot. He had a bunch of turnovers. Some of those I thought were were a little bogus. Like he he got called for a travel like in the middle of the floor when he was completely unguarded and to me it looked like he never stopped dribbling the ball but also i will admit i was either working on laundry or dishes or whatever it was tonight i was i was watching the game while doing things tonight when i was at home
2: there was one travel where he he jumped into a defender and was fouled but they didn't call it and then he landed no, back on the ground he with the ball travel first yeah for and sure and they called that a travel or there was some kind of weird jump ball thing or not jump anyway yeah jump stop
1: yeah. Steve-O replies to Eric on wheels and says, we were ahead at the half. Yeah, we were up by six. Um, you were in the same situation last week against Iowa State. You went on a big run in the second half against the Cyclones. TCU went on the big run tonight. Uh, and then Eric responds, I don't think that matters. There's always an aspect of the game that coach wants to get better. There were halftime adjustments made.
2: Yeah, usually... I'm." And, and you know, I, I saw they actually had a a good camera clip of beard headed off the court at halftime, and it, he he never seems happy at halftime. Doesn't matter if they're up by ten, down by ten, whatever. He seems to have the same demeanor of we've got to get. There's so many things we need to fix right now, so I I, I think you're right, Eric, that there were some adjustments made, but they may just not have worked. No. Or they may not have been able to anticipate what TCU was going to be able to do, and Tech's once again, you know, this happened in Morgantown too. These bigger teams, these teams with size, they're going to give Tech trouble. Yep, they just will not. Uh, they will not have easy wins against any teams with any type of size. Yeah.
1: Now, if you were looking ahead to this weekend's game, let's let's make it worth it.
2: Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Beat Kentucky. Go
1: ahead and and deliver on that. We can take take the
2: L in Fort Worth if you can beat UK. Sure.
1: Now, the bad thing is that, one, I, I thought it was funny. There was a TCU fan showing there at the end. He was like slamming his chest saying, this is our house. This was the first time in five years that Texas Tech has lost in Fort Worth.
2: Yeah, it's technically their house. They own the mortgage.
1: But it's... The 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 broadcasters were having a hard time saying that there weren't more Tech fans than TCU. There's a long pause when he said he looked up and saw that there were more Tech fans than he thought. Yeah. And about that kind of pacing, where it sounded like you said there were more Tech fans than TCU fans. Jeff Hackson was that he did a not lot sugarcoat. more <laughs> bullish on that and said no, this is this is Texas Tech East, and we, we've said that for both football and basketball. Well,
2: and Tech was down seven or eight with. What three, four minutes left? You could hear the loudest Raider power of the game. I mean, the fans were there even though and they were down and still rooting them on.
1: You could hear TCU trying to do their TCU chant,
2: barely, but not over Raider power. There,
1: there were a lot more vocal um, Red Raider fans, and you know, I wasn't there. I, I couldn't see the crowd. From the people that were there, it said they were more Tech fans. All right, let's do. Um, let's wrap it up and and finish with what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael. What did we learn this week?
2: I learned that 1917 is a heck of a good movie, and I don't want to say too much about it because I want I want if 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 you like war movies or if they interest you at all, you need to go see it. Uh, there's a reason it's nominated for so many awards, and the acting's phenomenal. The cinematography is crazy i just i don't know it's it's a wild ride you you do not get hardly a second to take a breath because these two guys are on a mission you're with them the entire time you don't miss a a thing and it's trench warfare (laughs) and everything that goes on in between and anyway it it's worth seeing y'all go check it out i'd Uh, especially before Oscars. I don't watch the Oscars. I always just read about it the next day or something, but this is one to go see. Yeah.
1: So the only thing I would add, um, it won't be the notes, but it's just gonna be a quick thing. I am still a hundred percent in on farm simulator
2: 19. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I was wondering, I was going to say this may be the first, what we learned in about a month. Where we haven't mentioned Farming Simulator.
1: Nope, I went ahead and did it. All (laughs) right, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you
0: next week. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.